0: I find it amazing, humbling that the Creator, Sustainer, the true and living God is looking for worshipers. And we can be one of those. What a privilege. Would you pray with me? Father, we enter into your presence in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We just sing the words, Lord, we stand amazed in your presence, astounded by your mercy and love. It is only, Father, because of your love for us that you sought us out, rebellious, stiff-necked, self-righteous, independent people that we are. yet you love us unconditionally and made it possible through the death of Jesus Christ that we could be reconciled to you. We could be moved from being your enemies to being part of your family and even called your friends. You have released us, Father, from the bondage of sin. We no longer have to be slaves to sin. You've given us forgiveness. You've promised to walk with us through the valley of the shadow of death, Lord. Whatever circumstances we may find, no matter how frightening, overwhelming they may be, we have the promise of your presence, and with that, your peace and your joy. We're grateful, Father. I thank you for mega sports camp this past week and the, the nearly 200 children and over 100 volunteers thank you that you, you blessed them and you gave them an incredible experience and Lord the fact that 12 of those campers made a profession of faith we ask that it would be genuine and we thank you for it help us to encourage them in, in healthy appropriate ways thank you, Father, for the senior high and junior high students who ministered in your name to a variety of organizations and people. I ask, Lord, that you would give them a deep sense of your delight in their willingness thank you, Father, for the the healthy birth of Ethan and and Andrew and Walter. And I pray, Father, that that these young men would become your children, that they would come to faith at a young age and that they would grow to be incredible men of God. I pray for their families, Lord. I pray that you would give them strength and patience and wisdom. Being a parent is a, a daunting task. Help us as a church family to rally around them, be there for them, and provide whatever we can to help them be the parents they want to be and you want them to be. I pray for the mains, Father, in Japan. I ask that you would guide them, help them, Lord, in their effort to to create a church planting movement in a very difficult field. Well, there's a, there's a team preparing to leave next week, next Sunday for Ukraine. Lord, in these final days, I pray that uh, you would help them get everything together that they need. I pray for their families as, as they are left here that you would provide for them. Help them, Lord, to minister in your name in ways that only you can choreograph. Help them to remember, Father, that it's the people that matter more than the project. Not that the projects don't matter, but the people. Pray for our search team. I ask, Lord, that you would give them patience in the process and help us as a church family to support them, pray for them, and be patient with them. Lord, we are confident that you have an incredible person to be the senior leader here at Berean, and we ask that you would connect us according to your time and your plan. We wouldn't want it any other way. Then in a moment, Father, we're going to read your scripture and we're going to, to try to learn from it. I pray that you would protect these dear people from anything that I might say that it is an incorrect interpretation or an inappropriate application. Lord, we need to hear from you. Give us ears to hear. Lord, we're not here just to, to be entertained. We're not here to increase our knowledge. We're here to meet you, to worship you to be different people because of our encounter with you. Thank you for one another. Thank you for the fact that we're not in this alone. Thank you for our church family. In Jesus' name, amen. We've been talking about leadership. Now, leadership, is we're defining it as influence. So please avoid the the idea that, oh, good, he's talking to that person. He's talking to a deacon. He's talking to other pastors, to missionaries. Uh, No, we're all influencers in the arena that God has placed us. If we're students, we're influencers in that classroom. If we're the teacher or the professor, we're influencers. Classroom, and in the workplace. Whether you're at the top of the totem pole or maybe the bottom, you still influence. In your families, in your neighborhood. God has strategically placed each of us right where we are right now. That's not a mistake. It's it's not a roll of dice of the dice. It's it's God's sovereign, loving plan. And as we learn to stay in touch with the Holy, in, in step. I'm sorry, in step with the Holy Spirit, as Galatians teaches, then we're then we're able to be used of God. We need to be a receptive to that. We're influencers. We're leaders. So we've been going to Nehemiah. We're concluding our four part. Uh, study of Nehemiah with that particular focus. We'll be looking at chapters 12 and 13. I would like to read a portion of it. Chapter 12, starting with verse 27. I'm going to read a few verses and then I'm going to jump over to 43. I'm not going to try to pronounce the places that are here because they mean nothing to us. It meant something to them. Uh, I'm not minimizing that, but I don't like embarrassing myself, so I'm not going to read those. Would you stand with me as I read a few verses of Scripture? Nehemiah chapter 12, starting with verse 27. If you have your Bible, turn to it, turn your device on. Nehemiah uh, chapter 12, starting with verse 27. At the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, the Levites were sought out from where they lived and were brought to Jerusalem to celebrate joyfully the dedication with songs of Thanksgiving, and with the music of cymbals, harps, and lyres. The singers also were brought together from the region around Jerusalem, from the villages, different places, for the singers had built built villages for themselves around Jerusalem. I guess choir members do tend to stick together. When the priests and the Levites had purified themselves ceremonially, they purified the people, the gates, and the walls. Verse 43. And on that day, they offered great sacrifices, rejoicing because God had given them great joy. The women and children also rejoiced. The sound of rejoicing in Jerusalem could be heard far away. Thank you. Please be seated. We have looked at Nehemiah's character. He was a man of conscious dependence, a man who prayed regularly. Prayer is an indication of our conscious dependence upon God. He was courageous in spite of of, uh, tremendous, choreographed, powerful opposition. He was empathetic. He cared about people. He listened to them. He responded to them. He was decisive. He gathered the data. And he went forward. That's his character, his methods. He was, uh, and he encouraged people. Talked about that last week, and, and we remember that it's more about the people than it is about the project. Not that the projects aren't important. He was strategic. He had a plan, and he adjusted his plan to reality. He wasn't so regimented that that he was just going to stick with it no matter what, but he got the job done. He was strategic. This morning we're going to discover that he celebrated and that he was committed to God's word. consistently so, throughout his entire recorded ministry life. The wall had been completed in 52 days. A supernatural event, recognized by people outside, different faiths, different areas. Got their attention. God had shown up, and they were able to do that. 52 days. Remarkable. A testimony to Nehemiah's leadership, to God's enablement, but also to the heartfelt cooperation and participation of each individual who was involved Well, they're, they're done and so now they're going to celebrate they're going to celebrate the task the job it's been my personal journey that that churches aren't real good at celebrating I've been in situations where someone has walked up and said man you guys are really tooting your own horn aren't you no we're not I I, I can I can be tactful I know you're wondering if that's possible. Uh, and, and, but I can be tactful, and I usually don't you know, smack people when they say something that stupid. Uh, but in my head, I'm thinking, you missed the whole point, didn't you? The people in Nehemiah's day, they weren't celebrating their own efforts. They weren't patting themselves on the back. They had been faithful, they had been involved, they had been sacrificial, they had been obedient, but they understood God had done something profound. And so they wanted to celebrate that. Ever been to a a, well-choreographed, a wonderful birthday party or an anniversary? I remember the incredible privilege of being part of planning my parents' 50th wedding anniversary. I was the token clergyman, so I was I had the incredible joy of leading my parents in the renewal of their vows. My sister did all the hard work, all the heavy lifting. Uh, I showed up for the meal and did my little preacher thing, uh, but it was a great experience. Well planned, well planned. It takes planning to 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 do a celebration right. This was well-planned. It involved a whole lot of people, a whole lot of moving parts. Everybody knew what they were supposed to do when they were supposed to do it. It was a a positive, energy-producing, joy-giving, an expression of joy. Praise to God, giving praise to God. One of my uh, experiences... As I said, is that, that typically churches? We don't do well at this. We're so caught up in the next. You know, we do something like, for example, we have this week of a very intense activity, early morning to, to all night, one aspect of it or another, and and people come out of that tired, physically tired, and, and they are. Ah, it was a great week, but man, that's you know, now what's next. Let's celebrate. I've gotten to the point that when something like this happens, we, I, I've, I've sent—I can't tell you how many teams I've sent off on mission trips and prayed for them, and wanting to hear what happened when they got back. Students going to retreats, adults going to retreats and adult events, and all kinds. You yeah, need to celebrate those. It has to be planned. I've helped the staff understand that that when they get when they're done, we're going to celebrate. So you have to anticipate that and get ready for it. I want videos. I want reports. You know, we we people pray for support, make happen. Let's give God the glory. Let's celebrate. Well planned. Nehemiah models that for us. Lots of people were involved. Uh, it, it's interesting that in verse 43, it even says the women and children also rejoiced. Now we think, well, what, what's so big, that's typical, why wouldn't they? Well, in this culture, it was a little different story. The women and children probably didn't have a whole lot to do with getting the wall built. Now remember, if you read, the, if you read Nehemiah in the last month, uh, that there was one guy who didn't have any sons, so his daughters helped him. And they were around, and they contributed, but but typically things were focused on the men. Well, this is recorded for us so that we know that the women and children were involved. What does that tell us? That tells us that if if the application to today, right now, if you weren't one of the 100-plus volunteers of Mega Sports Camp, you can still celebrate. You can still recognize God at work, and hallelujah. I don't have to be in Ukraine to praise God for what he did in Ukraine or the Dominican Republic or Haiti or Thailand or with the senior high or junior high when they're doing the Reach Mansfield project. Lots of people were involved. It included an acknowledgement of the sacred I find this interesting in in verse 30. When the priests and Levites had purified themselves ceremonially. What does that mean? That doesn't mean that they, uh, and they also, then they, they started with themselves, then they did the people, the gates, and the wall. It doesn't mean they went around with Clorox or Lysol and scrubbed everything up and made it clean. It means that they recognized the sacredness of what was happening and what they were doing, and what God had done. And it took it from getting a project done, moving it to doing God's will. Building God's kingdom. And we all need to make that shift in our thinking. Especially when we're celebrating, because we're giving God the credit. God the glory. Notice they started with themselves. God holds the leadership in a church to a higher standard. Talking about staff, pastors, deacons, trustees, admin, committee people, God God holds us to a higher standard. So we start with ourselves, and and we understand that God is holy and we need to be moving toward personal holiness included an acknowledgement of the sacred. And then it was loud. Verse 43, the sound of rejoicing in Jerusalem could be heard far away. Now, relax. I'm not going to talk about the volume in the worship center on Sunday morning. There is a time for quiet. There is a time for silence. Be still and know that I am God. There is a time where where we are quiet before a holy God as individuals, and even collectively. And without that, everything else is a show. Everything else is, is, is distorted, misses the mark. But when we do, based upon our personal relationship with God, understanding the sacredness, the holiness of what we're doing, who we are in Christ, we're building with the aid, according to the plan of the Holy Spirit, the kingdom of God, Then we celebrate. And, then, and there's nothing wrong with it for being loud. Now, I think that a significant part of that is the implication that people who weren't there at the celebration heard it. The sound of rejoicing in Jerusalem could be heard far away. So it had to be pretty loud. I'm pretty sure they didn't have sound systems back then. Uh, so that, this is just, you know, a lot of people making a lot of noise. But the idea is, that people who weren't there, people who maybe even were far from God, heard the celebration. We're told that when the wall had been completed in 52 days, that the people who were, well, that weren't that were around... Here we go. When all our enemies heard about this, I'm in, now in chapter 6, verse... When all our enemies heard about this, all the surrounding nations were afraid and lost their self-confidence because they realized that this work had been done with the help of our God. I think that there is a cultural impacting element to our celebration, to our giving credit to God. I want to tell you what happened This past Wednesday, Sue and I, Sue is my wife, Um, we are staying in in the home of a lady who has dementia. And she is not able to stay there, so she stays with one of her children. And the house has needed some tender loving care. And so we've had the the incredible generosity of this family to let us stay there. And so I try to do a l- few things that just kind of make it better. And I have been uh, doing some some yard work, and it ends up being significant yard work. And you've heard about the stump, right? Okay? So let me show you a picture of there's the stump. Okay, it's out. It's out. Okay, yeah. Uh, and, uh, that's the hole that it came out of, uh, and uh, with the help of, of Don, uh, one of your own, uh, we got it out, he got it out, I was kind of watching, cheering on as he was doing it, uh, but uh, he had some contacts, and, and the next day, a big machine came by and picked the thing up, like, <coughs> picked it up in the dump truck, and it's gone, it's completely gone. So you won't hear more about the stump, okay, that's, that's a, that, that story's done. Uh, we played that out. Yeah, yay, Tired of hearing about this stuff. But uh, well, thank you. I'm happy too. Yeah, right. But but in the course of of doing this stuff outside and cutting up some, cutting down some, up some logs and cutting down some trees and, and bushes and stuff, I had this huge pile uh, of material that I knew that was going to take me forever to move and some other projects on the outside on the ground. So I approached. The the planners of the youth experience reached Mansfield and said, "Listen, if you got some room, and you think it would be justifiable to help out this lady who owns this house, can you come to my, come to the house where I am, and, and 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 understand we're helping her, but and help?" And they checked their calendar. And said, "Sure, we'll be there on Wednesday." So Wednesday morning, a group of uh, junior high Young men and young women uh, drive up, and we start to work. So we start with students. Okay, now here's a little video of some of the things, and and, and they're working on stuff. The guy with the funny green hat—that's me. But they really like to drive that little ride tractor. So they they piled up that little trailer. But most of the time, most of the time. They were, what they were doing was they would go to this big pile that was like, I mean, it's a big pile, and they'd pull out some stuff and they'd walk like this with a bunch of sticks and they would go up. There's a picture of them digging a ditch and, and, uh, and that's all covered up. They've got the drain tile in and all that stuff. But uh, they worked really, really hard. And, and they, they did this with, a, with joy and with a sense of, of service. And it was just, they were just wonderful, wonderful. A young people start with students. Then we add the sticks. Okay, now here's the pile at the end of the day. Okay, logs and brush, and it's big, and it's a, was about a hundred, uh, you know, a football field, hundred yards, but uphill. And so they're like ants going up and back, and up and back, and up and back getting that stuff up there. So someday it'll be burned. Now, they want to come back when we burn it. And I'm thinking junior high students and big fires, probably not the best thing to do. But anyway, uh, so they're doing this, and they're doing it with, with great joy. So we have students and sticks. Now, I'm down at the front of the yard uh, doing my little thing and talking and working, and all of a sudden, a bunch of the students, and, if, and I have this mental picture in my head. I'm down here. The house is here, big double lot, and over here is the neighbor. And all of a sudden, these students go to the neighbor's house. And they're doing something that I can't see, and I can't, it's too far away to yell. And, uh, and i got to tell you, in my head I'm thinking, Oh, what's that all about? And then I my, remind myself it's about people, not about the project. So I went ahead and did my thing, and they're doing their thing. And then they come back, and they, they tell me that the, the neighbor is deathly afraid of snakes. And he saw a snake, and he asked them to deal with the snake. So these junior high kids, are wrestling uh, trying to find a snake and, and they find it pick it up and take it to the woods okay and that was the that was the impetus that was what god used to get those students in that guys conscious life so we have students we have sticks we have a snake okay students plus sticks plus snake now the students come back, they go back to work, and one of them walks over to me and says, in the course of discussion, we told him you were a pastor. I try to keep that a secret because that changes everything. You'd have to be a Baptist pastor to understand what that does to people. Uh, but uh, it, it, it's usually not pretty. Okay? Uh, so uh, he wants to talk to you. Said, sure. So I go over, reminding myself it's about the people, not the project. So I'm now, for a period of time, I'm sitting on the guy's front porch talking to him about whatever he wants to talk about. He starts this conversation by by saying, My wife is saved, and she has tremendous strength, and I'd like to have that strength. And he then goes and tells me about what's happening in his life, and it is very, very challenging. Very challenging. So we have the students, we have the sticks, we have the snake, and then we're going to add to that a spouse who for 14 years, I found out yesterday, has been praying for this man to come to life, come to spiritual life. 14 years. Most of the students that were talking to him, getting the snake, were under 14 years old. So all of their lives, th- this woman has been praying for her husband. He, says, he, tells, them, he tells me, I, I, I want what my wife has. And he, he also says, I have been watching these students and how they're doing what they're doing, their joy and their fun and their, their humbleness. And, and he goes on and on, and, and he says, I want what they've got. Whatever it is that's making them the way they are, whatever it is that makes my wife the way she is, I want that. Now, what are you going to do about that? Uh, you know, here I am. I think I can help you out You know, in my head. You know. So the Spirit of God is there. The Spirit of God is moving, choreographing all of this as God only God does. So we add to our students, our sticks, our snakes, or uh, one snake, uh, spouse, we put the Spirit of God in there, and then what happens is the guy accepts Christ. Salvation, yeah! Whoa! And I, I've shared with you before that I'm not the best evangelist in town. That's, that's a way understatement. But even, even a blind squirrel gets a nut every once in a while. Some plant, some water, some harvest. Well, this time... Because of God's workings, the Spirit of God drawing, because of students, Berean junior high students, your children, your grandchildren, and because of a faithful spouse, God brings this person to a point where he accepts Christ. That's what we celebrate. Yeah. And, 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 and you can't make this stuff up. I mean, you know, I could sit all day and try to create a story. I can't do it. This is phenomenal. Do you get the irony of this God using a snake to bring that guy to faith? God is so creative and so wonderful in his timing. I mean, 14 years this dear lady has been. And so yesterday I was, I was talking to her. Because I, I had a book and I was going to do some follow-up with the guy. You don't just, you know, lead him to Christ and walk away. And she's telling me that she's contacting where they go to church. They go to a good church in, in the community. She's recruiting some men there to, to disciple the guy. You know, that was perfect. And, he, and, and the prayer is that he's going to start going to church with her to their church. And, and that's the kingdom. That's what it's all about. That's why you put money in the offering. That's why you let your kids and encourage your kids to get active in what is going on at Berean, children's ministry, student ministry. That's why so many people sacrifice to make last week happen. We celebrate that stuff. And when we fail to celebrate, we rob God of his glory. We rob ourselves of the incredible encouragement that it gives us Imagine what these junior high students learned. I'm, fi- I'm getting reports from their parents. Yell, my daughter, my, you know, all this. What they have had the privilege of seeing firsthand, how God used them hauling sticks. Think about that. What a life lesson. We need to celebrate. God gets the glory. In the last chapter of Nehemiah, we have a reminder of of Nehemiah's commitment to God's word. And what we learn, the the principle that we learn, is that without strong Bible-based leadership, people tend to scatter like sheep. Zechariah 13, 7, strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. This is true in your family. This is true in your neighborhood. This is true at your workplace. God puts, by his divine appointment, I've already said that, you and me in certain places, and he wants us to be an influence for him. And when we fail to do that as men and women who are committed to God's word, things don't happen the way God intends them to happen. Remember Moses on the Mount? getting the Ten Commandments, doing God's work. Exodus 32, 1 says, when the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, then they went to his brother, uh, the weak Aaron, uh, and convinced him to m- make an idol for them. Moses, the strong leader, Bible-based, obedience, commitment guy. He's gone, trouble happened. The book of Judges records for us seven cycles of the people of God sinning, coming to repentance, God sending a deliverer called the Judges. Judges 21-25 says, In those days Israel had no king, everyone did as he saw fit. Without Bible-based, godly leadership, people get into trouble. Chapter 13 Verse 1, we have an account, a reminder that the Word of God was read. In three weeks, we're going to come back to to one chapter. We're going to come back to Nehemiah. uh, And we're going to try to get a little bit of information about worship. And we'll find that worship is always based upon the Word of God. And so as the Word of God was presented, they realized that there were some things that needed to be done. This wasn't Nehemiah's agenda. This wasn't what Nehemiah thought. This is what the word of God clearly taught them to do. And so he purged the assembly in chapter, three, uh, chapter 13, verse 3. Uh, when the people heard this law, they excluded from Israel all who were foreign descent. But the point here for us is to, to see that when God's word clearly said one thing and they were not doing it, they decided to do it. Did the same thing with the temple. Uh, the temple was God's house, and it represented God's presence, and it had a, a whole lot of implications uh, there. Uh, but uh, they, because, of the, uh, because Tobiah was, had money, had influence, uh, he was given preferential treatment, and he was not supposed to have it. So in verse, verse 8 it says, uh, I was greatly displeased, and threw all Tobiah's household goods out of the room. Nehemiah shows up, he knows what the word of God is, and so he, he, he doesn't care who Tobiah is. He doesn't care how much money he has. He doesn't care what kind of position or influence he has. He says, you're not supposed to be here. We're going to follow God's word. We're not going to yield to the pressure of somebody of power or prestige or money. In uh, chapter, in ver- chapter again, we're all in chapter 13, but 10 through 14, he makes sure that the, that the Levites get paid. They, ha- they had not been paid well. Uh, in later on the chapter, uh, there was a problem with the, the keeping the Sabbath. And so we find in, in verse 22, And I commanded the Levites to purify themselves and go and guard the gates in order to keep the Sabbath day holy. He talks to one guy, verse 20, a bunch of guys, not just one guy, verse 21. But I warned them and said, why do you spend the night by the wall? If you do this again, I will lay hands on you. From that time on, they no longer came on the Sabbath. Nehemiah says, hey, listen, we're going to obey God's word. And if you guys won't do that, come on, let's stand let's, let's up. And He won. In verse 30, they deal with the the fact that the leadership needed to be tidied up. So I purified the priests and the Levites of everything foreign. God honors influencers, whether it's a church level, whether it's in your family, in your neighborhood, at your workplace, wherever you are. God honors influencers, leaders who are committed to obeying the word of God. How does that apply to a Berean right now? Be praying for the search team. The search team is committed. I've been in their meetings. They are are committed completely to, to finding God's man, and that that man have incredible character. That he is committed to a personal life of holiness. Nothing wrong with a guy who's a good speaker, maybe a great orator. Nothing wrong with a guy with a personality that's attractive and winsome. and, and Nothing wrong with a guy who is who's able to motivate and, and all of that. It'll be a nice change to have somebody like that from, from what you've had with me. But, but, the, but the point is that, that there is the foundational, mandatory, must be a person of the Word. Must be a person who is committed to obeying the Word, teaching the Word, modeling the Word. Pray for that process. And pray for the current staff. It's my personal observation that there is a great staff here at Berean, men and women, who are seeking to honor God. In the midst of incredible change, there's so many moving parts at Berean, if you don't watch it, you're going to get stepped on. You're going to get your hand caught in the gears. I mean, it, it's something. Tomorrow is July 1st. There, there's a whole bunch of things that, that we're. It'll happen tomorrow. Important things. Well fought out, prayed out, planned changes. And that's in the midst of anticipating a new lead pastor sometimes. Be praying for them. Help them not to get caught up in in, in things that aren't really essential. Ask that God would give them the ability to to stay focused in the midst of chaos, moving parts. Ask God to help them to be men and women who are committed to the Word of God. God uses people like you and me demonstrated by Nehemiah. You see, Nehemiah was a layman. He had done his job. He went back to the court. He went back to his job. He went back to work. He'd gotten a leave of absence, if you will, for several years, and he goes back, and while he's gone, things kind of go south. He comes back and deals with it. This this, this has a, a direct application to all of us just an elite few of pastors, missionaries, those kind of things. It certainly apply to all of us. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you for these men and women. I thank you for their love for you. I thank you for their faithfulness to you and your kingdom. I thank you, Father, for how you are using them to accomplish what you want accomplished here and around the world. The impact, the influence of Berean on many, many continents and in many, many families, households right here in Mansfield. Lord, I ask that you would help each of us to be committed to celebrating, to giving you the glory, you the credit, Help us to do that well. And Lord, I ask that you would help each of us to be committed to obeying your word. Help us, Lord, to be men and women who are committed to personal holiness. Not in a legalistic way in which we're thinking we're better or going to earn something with you. But Lord, because we love you, because we we have been the undeserving recipients of your grace and mercy. We want to be holy as you are holy. And the way we understand that is through your word. So Lord, give us hearts that are hungry for the word and wills that are quick to apply it and obey it. Thank you for what you are doing. Thank you for the eleven. Children who professed faith at sports camp. Thank you for my neighbor who came to faith. I ask, Lord, that you would just continue to give us the privilege of being part of what you're doing. Always, Father, with a commitment that you get the glory, you get the credit. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great 4th of July week.